Well, hello, hello everybody. My name is Eric G. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I want to thank Erica for asking me to uh, share tonight. Um, I uh, I just want to kind of jump right into it. Um, uh, my compulsive overeating career began just before my fifth birthday, um, and uh, what had happened was my parents separated, and I had to go live with my stepmother and. Uh, it was a different environment, smelled differently. It looked differently. I had a different bedroom, you know, and, uh, and my brother was there with me, of course, but it was just a really weird situation. I wasn't allowed to see my mother immediately either. My stepmother thought it necessary for me to, I'm assuming my stepmother and my dad or, or whatever decided that it wasn't a good idea, uh, for me to, to be around my mom so that we, I can acclimate to this new environment, you know? So, um, through no decision of mine, I was not able to see my mom all of a sudden. It was horrible, you know, as I recall, and it was just a miserable thing. And so, um, that's where it began. You know, I began to eat not because I was hungry, but because I, I had to overcome this, this horrible feeling, this trauma that I experienced. I didn't know what else to do with that thing, you know? And so... Uh, I didn't know, of course, I was just a child, how, how it would pan out for my future. But, uh, that was, you know, something that was really relevant and pertinent in my life at that time. And it, in a short amount of time, um, you know, uh, it, it became, it, it got out of control, you know, uh, just, just in my, my childhood years, it was just, it was so, it was so, um, obvious to me that I was not like everybody else the way I felt about food, the way I thought about food, the way I wanted it so badly, the way I felt like in my stomach, I was starving to death all the time. You know, we'd go to the lunch tables in elementary school and I'd just be looking at all the food. They're going, man, I wish I could eat all this, you know, and, and we'd, and, and we'd have these parties at home and there, there'd be food at the parties. And, I'd be, and my only thought was not I'm so glad to see somebody, but instead it was about, how can I get all of this food without being noticed? You know, and I was embarrassed about that, by the way. I was embarrassed that I was the only one on the planet that thought that way. Because in my world, I was the only one on the planet that thought that way. Everybody seemed to be having a good time and enjoying each other's company, you know, and living their lives and all that stuff. And all I wanted to do was eat and a lot of eating, you know. And everything that I did as a kid was all about the food, you know, and I, I, uh, I started putting on weight like crazy and eventually I got to see my mom and I would see her on weekends and she was not, she's not one of us from my perspective, you know, but uh, she was always into health and fitness, man. And she always had these great diets and exercise plans and regimens and things that she was doing and, and you know, and, and, and took me to the gym and all that stuff with her because I wanted to lose weight. And so I was always open to anything that she was, you know, you know, uh, introducing me to over, over that weekend. And that's basically how long my diet would last, <laughs> if that, you know. Most of the time, it would just be there. I just, I just go there and I'd binge because I could have, I can eat whatever I want at mom's house, don't you know? And it was fantastic and amazing and wonderful, you know, something to look forward to. I'm just going to really, really get my food on over there, you know. And But, you know, it, that wasn't enough. I needed it all the time. I needed it every day. You know, and uh, so I, I I resorted to, you know, stealing. I would steal from my mom so I'd have money to take home and, you know, go to the grocery store, 7-Eleven or whatever, the convenience store, and, and uh, um, 
you know, and I, and I did uh, odd jobs and I had a little allowance and, you know, I, I took in the pop bottles and, you know, for a dime a bottle and, you know, that would net me something. And then I, and then I figured out if you steal something and, 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 you know, you put it in your pocket and you walk out, you can then have that thing. And it tastes amazing because it's also free, you know, it tastes extra good. And, uh, you know, uh, living with my stepmother, she raised me in Catholicism. And uh, what I understood about Catholicism was that, uh, you know, uh, God is a very angry person that's going to get you one day. And uh, um, at one point in my life, when I was stealing from a place called Alpha Beta, it's a supermarket uh, that was here in Southern California, um, I was coming home. Uh, late one night from that place after I had stole a candy bar and I was, and I sat down under the street light and I started crying because I realized that I was hurting God by what I was doing. I didn't tell anybody about that until program years later, but it was just, it was just a kind of a thing that happened. And I thought, okay, then that's it. I'm not stealing anymore. And I stopped, you know? Um, and then later on in life I had to, uh, you know, make a, a monetary amends to, to grocery stores and all that stuff. But, Anyways, um, uh, yeah, so, so it just got worse and worse and worse and the weight was coming on faster than I could keep up with it. And so I wanted to get the perfect diet and the perfect exercise regimen because I knew as a child growing up in the seventies that, you know, if you're thin, you're happy (laughs) and that's it. Everybody, and it's not true, but that's, that was my perspective. You know, and I watched t- television and everybody on TV was thin and happy. You know, generally everybody's thin and happy. They'd have, you know, a problem and a resolution and everything would be fine and dandy. And they would they would even have food and not really eat it. You know, and I was like, wow, I want to do that. I want to leave food on the plate. They don't even eat their food. They had their food in their hand when they were talking and they put their fork on the thing and they didn't even eat the thing. And then they left it and now it's the next scene. You know, I would have eaten all that stuff, but they didn't eat it because they didn't have to, because they're thin, you know? So I had to get that. I had to get that. I had to be that. I had to be thin to be happy. So that was my, that was my goal in life, you know, as a child, which is horrible, by the way. But uh, uh, yeah, so, so what, what we had was we had, our, we had diets, a lot of diets. You know, we had Fresca, we had Tab, we had uh, Weight Watchers, frozen dinners. We had, you know, it was, like this and like that and sugar free and you know all we just and I engaged in all that stuff because I wanted out of this thing you know I didn't want to be this person any longer I wanted to be I didn't even want to be Eric I there were people that I admired I was like I wish I was Bobby I wish I was you know this person I wish I was that person I didn't want to be me because I my, I'm horrible you know, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel like this anymore. I wanted to, I wanted to be somebody else. I wanted to do something else. And so I engaged in these diets and these diets were fantastic. You know, I love the diets. Oh my gosh. Before AIDS was a horrible and debilitating disease, it was a delicious caramel that also came in chocolate in this big white box. And then you ingest this caramel and it goes down into your tummy and then it expands and you overcome your spiritual malady or, you know, just polish off the entire box. That's what I did. And then uh, you know, my favorite was Sego, of course, because Sego, their slogan is Sego is great for your ego, which it was because I felt fantastic that I had started another diet. It was also, also, by the way, great with the sandwich, you know, or whatever other. It's a great compliment to any food, really. Although I, I don't think they expected that you were going to 
you know, consume food with it. I think that was, that was the food, but you know, I had to put my spin on it and that's the way it was with diets. You know, the best diets of course are all you can eat, obviously for obvious reasons, because it's all you can eat. All you can eat, you know, steak or pineapple or nasty cabbage soup or whatever it was, but it was all you can eat. And that is amazing. You know, that with copious amounts of diet beverage, um, it's just, you know, that, that just means that you're on your track, you're on your way to recovery. You, you know, everything's going to be fine. Your life is going to be perfect and you're going to be thin and beautiful and all that stuff, you know, and I'd go to the gym and I would just spend most of my time at the vending machine wondering why the gym doesn't work either. Diets don't work. Gym doesn't work. This is just a waste of time, but I'm not giving up. You know, I'm going to, you know, I had enough ego to keep it going. Keep that momentum going. And I went to this meeting in, in 1981 and there's a bunch of people standing in, you know, sitting in a circle and talking about God and the steps and traditions and recovery and relationships and their jobs and all. And I'm just a kid at the time. And I just thought, you know, this is a waste of my time. So that was my first experience with OA and OA failed. What a big loser of a program. Not coming here again until I was 15. <laughs> I checked into rehab for, uh, you know, eating disorders, and they took us uh, to a meeting every single day of the week. And that's where I was really introduced to the fellowship, you know, which was great, you know, because uh, uh, I wouldn't have done it either, uh, otherwise. I wasn't expecting to go to OA, by the way. I just wanted to go get healed. I wanted to get fixed. I wanted to stop having this problem. And I thought if I went there, they would do that for me, you know, but they took me to meetings instead. and. Uh, and it was okay. You know, it was nice because in, now we're in the eighties now in the eighties, there was a lot, I mean, the meetings were huge, no pun intended. It's just, you know, like they had podiums and, you know, standing room only if you didn't show up on time and, and, and great speakers and great recovery. But for me as a kid, it was blah, blah, blah. You know, I went, I got my sponsor cause you know, my life is wonderful, blah, blah, blah. And if you, you I'm like, Oh my gosh, this, this is such a, I, I wasn't I wasn't hearing any of it. What I did hear is, you know, uh, I I had a nutritionist. I heard her, you know, and there was an exercise coach there, you know, at the rehab. I heard that person too. I heard her as well, you know, and uh, and I got to hang out with people in program, which was nice, you know. And I was listening to this man speak at one point, and he's and he's like he's doing his blah 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 at the podium. I'm like, oh my god, here we go again, another hour and a half of shoot me in the face. Then he goes. And I lost a bunch of weight. And then I was listening. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you lost a bunch of weight. Okay. I'm listening, buddy. What, what you got for me? You know, and I'm at the edge of my chair. And he's like, you know, and I know that, I know you guys are hurting. And I know that you want to hear all the answers to all your problems. So I'm here to tell you that right now. I'm going to give you all the answers to all your problems. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm looking around going, here we go, guys. Here it is. Lay it on me, baby. And he goes, get a sponsor. And follow direction. Okay, well, I guess this guy has nothing to say either. You know, here we go again with another blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. You don't tell me to, to call somebody up, never met before, ask this person for help, follow this person's direction. This guy is going to tell me, oh, you're going to eat this food and you're going to go to this meeting, you know, and I suggest that you pray and I suggest that you be of service and I suggest that you make outreach calls. <laughs> number one, nobody tells me what to do. And number two, I'm 15. Nobody tells me what to do. What the hell's wrong with you? Get a sponsor and follow direction. That's giving up. 
Well, why would I want to give up? You got to fight. That's the way I was raised. You got to fight. Don't surrender. Don't be an idiot. Don't be a wimp. You know, again, the anger of a 15-year-old. So, uh, yeah, and, and especially the big books. That was a waste of time. No pictures and lots of big 50-cent words in there. I don't, have to, I don't like having to get a thesaurus to read something. That's ridiculous. I already have to go to high school, you know. So this guy was ridiculous. But the cool thing was I didn't have to work the program to be invited to the program. I didn't have to have a sponsor. I didn't have to work the steps or understand them or the traditions or understand them or the concepts or the, the, uh, uh, the tools. I didn't have to know or work or do any of that stuff to be welcome because of our blessed third tradition, which states the only requirement for OA membership is an honest desire to stop eating compulsively, which I had before I met you wonderful people out there, you know, before I, before I even had a thought or an idea, it was, it was, you know, this is, that was the, that was the truth. That was my truth. That was the reality of the situation. But I did have a desire to stop eating compulsively. So I was welcome here. And that was okay, by the way, that I just came every once in a while to meetings. That was okay. It was okay that I wouldn't, I didn't have a sponsor and that I called my diet abstinence and that I was sponsoring myself. And I don't know about any of you out there, but have any of you ever sponsored yourselves? Seriously, I'm asking you, have any of you ever sponsored yourselves? Isn't it awesome? You just, should I, should I eat this food? And then you just eat the food. You don't have to, yes, you should eat the food. You don't have to run it by anybody. You know, should I go to this place? It's questionable. Yeah, go to that place. You're fantastic and amazing. It's going to be, it's going to be great, you know, because I'm sponsoring myself. And that's the way I, that's the way I worked the program. I sponsored myself. I didn't really need you guys. I mean, I needed you guys in a way. You got five more minutes, Thank you. please. Five minutes. Thank you. I need you guys in a way, but not really, you know. So I didn't work the program and that's, and that's the way I did this thing. I just kind of, I was, I would come and go every once in a while. And then it wasn't until, um, I think it was 94 that I got myself a sponsor and, um, and we'll call him Conrad because, you know, that's, his, that's his name. So Conrad took me through the steps and it was awesome. It was every bit of fantastic and, and amazing and wonderful that you guys were talking about all the blah, blah, blah was actually not blah 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 it was actually real you know i got a relationship with higher power and i stayed with this guy for a year lost some weight and i looked great felt great you know i was doing good stuff i was making good and healthy choices for my life uh for once in my life and uh and then you know i'd go to these meetings and people would say man eric you lost a bunch of weight you look fantastic and i said yes i look amazing look at me and they would say wow eric those words they just penetrated my soul and it's going to change my life and it's like yeah my words are awesome look at my listen to my words and they'll save you. And then I was in relapse because, you know, I, I was accepting the credit for God's work in my life. And, uh, and that's just absolutely ridiculous. I don't have the ability to abstain on my own. I don't have the ability to recovery, to recover without my higher power, without this fellowship, you know, helping me to do that. So I, you know, started sponsoring myself. I fired my sponsor. I went back out and man is Shevitz. I didn't know. I, and I read it in the big book, too, that this, this is a progressive illness. It gets worse, never better. But I didn't know what was in store for me. I gained weight faster than I'd ever gained weight before. And the, the misery, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the dread, the resentment, the guilt, the shame, remorse, all the wonderful things that happen with disease, it was overwhelming. 
it was it was around me and through me. It was all it was everywhere like a tsunami, and there was no place to run, and there was no hope, and there was no light, and there was never going to be anything better than this horrible day that I was experiencing each day, you know. And it got really fast, you know. The years passed, and I didn't want to come back to program for the most ridiculous reason of all. I didn't want you guys to see me like this. I didn't want to come back to program until I was awesome Eric again, you know? And so I stayed out several years past the point of time when I should have actually come back or could have come back and needed to come back. And I did finally come back in 2005, at which point I was several hundred pounds more than I had left before. I was 540 pounds and it was time for me to get a wheelchair because there were no more adjustments to make, you know, couldn't fit into my, uh, my uh, uh, cop car, it was like a Caprice Classic or whatever, and, and uh, you know, so I bought an SUV, and I couldn't fit into Big and Tall, so I went to King Size Catalog, and I couldn't shower every day because my back hurt too much, and, uh, you know, I kept making all the adjustments that I could to there no, no more adjustments to make, and it was time for me to look for a wheelchair just to be mobile at 35, which, is, which really pissed me off, by the way. You know, I was a very angry angry compulsive overeater because I was in pain all the time because it hurts to be overweight. It hurts just to be awake and be overweight. It hurts all the time, sitting in a chair, standing up, laying down. It's painful, painful, very painful. Uh, and I'm not, t- I'm talking physical pain, not just, not even the others, you know, the emotional and, and the psychological and the spiritual. I'm not even talking about I'm just, the physical pain is, is overwhelming at that weight. And my body couldn't keep up with it. So Wheelchair City was, was, was on the horizon for me. And I, I came back in 2005, got a sponsor, started following direction. And Manischewitz, you know, there was the light immediately before I lost even an ounce. I felt better and things turned around. I followed my sponsor's direction and continue to have uh, and continue to do that for the past 15 years. I haven't had a compulsive bite, given away 352 pounds and kept it off all this time. And I have a wife and two kids, you know, I, I don't live like a hermit uh, and, I, and I'm happy to be of service to others. And I'm, I just want to tell you that this is so possible for all of us. There's nobody out there that's listening right now that's unique, you know. Oh, but I, but, but I can't. Yes, you can. But I'm not. Yes, you are. You know, <laughs> you may not know it just yet, but yes, you are. You know, God bless us all. You know, there's no winners and there's no losers in this fellowship of ours. My friends, it's not true. You know, I'm not a winner. I've surrendered, you know, and I'm, I'm here to help people that are in that position where they can surrender as well. You know, we, we help each other wherever we find ourselves in this spiritual path. There's no winners. There's no losers. There's just people that have surrendered and people that are waiting to surrender. And, and that help that we provide is, is invaluable because it changes lives. You know, I, I help. I've talked to people that I've never met before. And they help me and I help them and it continues on, you know, and when you're ready to do this thing, when you're ready to do this thing for you, you know, by all means, get a sponsor, follow direction, you know, and whatever I have is yours. There's no secret handshake. There's no gurus. There's no VIPs. There's no clicks. <laughs> we just, we just sincerely want to help you because it, you know, it inevitably helps us, you know, so with that, I will stop. Thank you so much for it's letting time, me share. Please. It's time.